no one has to join that church. But that church, where it can, does try and impose those standards on non-believers and non-members. And there will always seem to some people, I think, something absurd in the enforcement of such statutes, especially since we know most Catholics don't observe them, by a celibate oligarchy and hierarchy. And isn't it said, and should it not be believed, or at least affirmed, or at any rate not repudiated, that you should expect to suffer for this? Welcome to the Antitheist Atheist Podcast, where we feature prominent speakers with their arguments against religion. This season, we're exploring opening speeches in religious debates with Christopher Hitchens. Today, we feature Christopher's opening speech on religion versus Bill Donahue, recorded in the year 2000. It is the inaugural debate from Christy Fidelis, taped in front of a capacity crowd at the Union League Club in New York City. Donahue and Hitchens discuss the hostility of the American cultural elite, religion in general, and Catholicism in particular. Without any further throat clearing, here is the opening speech from Christopher Hitchens. And remember, love all people, hate bad ideas. It's, I think, uh, very, it's important for me anyway, um, to be able to say that I don't have to begin as I would have if I was uh, speaking for the church, with uh, any apologies. Uh, we don't have a lot to apologize for. It wasn't we who framed Galileo. It wasn't we who said that God wanted the Crusades. It wasn't we who mounted the Inquisition. It wasn't we who sponsored Pavlich, Salazar, Mussolini, Dolphus, Hitler, Vichy, Franco, and the rest of it. And it wasn't we who preached the Easter sermon saying, saying who was responsible for the death of a mythical figure in creating ludicrous pain to real people in the real world. We don't have to begin by proving that our institutions and our beliefs are human, as all human institutions are. That we are only mammals, as His Holiness the Pope is only a mammal. We don't make a mystery where none exists. We say that we face the heavens and we find them empty, and that some of us, at any rate, are not alarmed to find this emptiness, and would be more alarmed to find the heavens full of permanent supervision and invigilation, and that an ethical life may be led by someone with no supernatural means of support, without the fear, if it is a fear, or the hope, if it is a hope, of celestial invigilation. America is actually the country to which people came in the most of a hurry to try and find if that life could really be lived as a society. Some of them came to practice their religion freely, um, many came to escape from persecution by other religions. Some came to be free from religion altogether. And that's why the Constitution is godless and doesn't mention the word, though it was not written by atheists. It was written by democratic theists and secularists. And that's why the meeting at Philadelphia, which decided these matters and decides them still for us, was a godless one, if not an atheist one. And that's why I think modern America uh, should be a lot more anti-religious than it is. It should pay less respect, make much less reverence to religion than its mass media, to which I'm coming, presently do. Read one page of Stephen Hawking about the event horizon, about the possibility that we will soon know not where the universe originated, but where it has tended, and the event horizon to which we may all be headed. There is more to inspire awe in one page of Stephen Hawking than in any of the fantasies of Tertullian, imagining that he could go to the window of heaven when he was promoted there and look down 
for his consolation on the torments of the damned. There's much more to be awe-inspired by in a page of Hawking than any number of burning bushes or other such myths. Now it could be, and this part of the motion I think I might have to admit for debate purposes, that when, that when religion is attacked in this country that the Catholic Church comes in for a little more than its fair share. I may say I probably contributed somewhat to that and I'm not ashamed of my part in it. But doesn't the Catholic Church make rather large claims for itself? The Catholic Church claims to hold the keys of Peter. The Holy Father claims to have that power and to be the vicar of Christ upon earth. It is said that only through this means and this approach can redemption be achieved. These are large claims for a human and fallible and political and bureaucratic institution to be making for itself in the age of Hawking. Um, I think it's also the case that America is preeminently a country of, uh, if not sexual license, as you might imagine from uh, hearing Mr. Donahue. I mean, I'm surprised that you can cross the streets without copulating individuals and uh, with dogs throwing bu buckets of water over them to keep uh, the temperature down. But at, at any rate, a country of sexual tolerance, a country of sexual, I'll settle for pluralism, would settle for pluralism for now. Well. Holy Mother Church doesn't settle for that. Holy Mother Church makes rather strict demands. Holy Mother Church pro prohibits by various edicts, UKs, statutes and pronouncements, all forms of sex that are not specifically devoted to the outcome of procreating further Catholics. And it enforces this with a celibate hierarchy. Now, that's fine, and it is your choice. And as you say, Father, um, as you don't say, Father, excuse me, but presumably would, but as Mr. Donahue did say, no one has to join that church. But that church where it can, does try and impose those standards on non-believers and non-members. And there will always seem to some people, I think, something absurd in the enforcement of such statutes, especially since we know most Catholics don't observe them, by a celibate oligarchy and hierarchy. And isn't it said, and should it not be believed, or at least affirmed, or at any rate not repudiated, that you should expect to suffer for this? That you should expect to be reviled? That you, that you should be proud to be to be abused, that you will be told that what you believe is absurd, that you should be glad to hear it for his sake, that those who despitefully use you are to be expected. And isn't that a rather dignified position, a rather honorable position for the church to take? Something that even a, an atheist and humanist and Marxist like myself can understand and respect. But instead, what do we get? An endless whine of self-pity, of why are they picking on us? They wouldn't say that about the Jews an endless play on the ethnic politics and identity politics card, an endless appeal to self-pity, where you should be proud that you're in a fight for your politics and your, and your church, and you seem instead to be resentful about it, and perhaps, who knows, a little insecure. However, for the main, uh, for the main part of it, you only have to open a paper to see the exaggerated deference paid to every utterance of His Holiness the Pope, wherever he goes, and the extraordinary deference shown to him whenever he visits these shores and decides to grace us with his presence. As for the woman uh, styling herself Mother Teresa, I can attest that until I wrote my little pamphlet, she had uh, been the recipient, the beneficiary, of a 25-year Niagara of 100% favorable publicity in every secular, Protestant, Jewish, and Catholic or non-religious outlet of any kind at all in the media. Only by the grace of my intervention could it not be said, 
could it not be said when she died that no one had ever said a single word against her? <laughs> and that no one had ever pointed out that she had fawned on the Duvalier family in Haiti and said that they were the Lord's anointed and, and beloved of the poor. That, uh, oh well, I'll get to her depredations in rebuttal because I say I have only a minute to go and I don't want to overrun my time or end foaming in mid-sentence waving vomit bags and, and Tampax. <laughs> waving vomit bags and Tampax in the name of good taste and good bearing and good manners and good standards. I think I can hope to be rescued from that fate without any divine intercession. The truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, comrades and friends, brothers and sisters, religion has it very much its own way in this country of ours. It's, on, it's in the Pledge of Allegiance, thanks to a stupid intervention by President Eisenhower. It's on the money. It's in the opening of Congress every day. It's at the National Prayer Breakfast. It's when the delinquent president summons his advisors and his spiritual team in order to fend off what should have been inevitable. It's when Al Gore can't bring himself to criticize the decision of the Oklahoma School Board. You, and it's high time that that situation was reversed and we developed a proper immunity to it and made sure that religion Thank could you. only be self-inflicted. Thank you.